All healthcare professionals participating in the podcast are paid consultants of Johnson & Johnson Surgical Vision Incorporated. Product indications and safety information will be available at the end of the episode. Welcome to the podcast. This is the second in a three-part series on treating meibomian gland dysfunction. I am Dr. George Waring from the Waring Vision Institute in Charleston, South Carolina, and today we have with us Dr. Gregory Parkhurst from Parkhurst New Vision in San Antonio, Texas. Hey, George. Nice to be here. In addition to Dr. Parkhurst, we also have Dr. Roberto Bobby Sines, who works together with Dr. Parkhurst in Texas. Welcome, Dr. Sines. Thanks for having me, George. Finally, we also have Dr. Douglas DeVries, the co-founder of Eye Care Associates of Nevada. He shared some excellent information on our first podcast, and we are glad to have him back. Thanks, Dr. Warren. I'm glad to be back. Thank you all for being here. We have a real wealth of knowledge and experience among us. On our last podcast, we talked about the dominant role the meibomian glands play in the health of the ocular surface and our patients' overall visual outcomes. In this podcast, I'm excited to dive into actually treating our patients with MGD. For decades, we have used warm washcloths and lid massage, which are woefully inadequate in this near ubiquitous condition. We now have the LipiFlow Thermal Pulsation System, a proven device for treating gland obstruction. Let's talk about how this has changed your ability to treat your patients. Dr. DeVries, why don't we start with you? It really has uh, changed my ability to treat my patients. I have been manually expressing patients' meibomian glands for almost 20 years and recognized the difficulty in pushing out meibom that has solidified. When LipiFlow system was cleared, it solved a number of problems in terms of treating my patients. First, eyelids must be warmed to 40 degrees Celsius in order to liquefy the meibom, and achieving this with a washcloth or a commercial warm compress mask requires a precise labor-intensive procedure that most patients will not or cannot perform. Second, once the warm compress is removed, the temperature drops precipitously, making it difficult to massage out the meibum while it is still liquefied. Lipoflow system applies heat from the inside surface to the lid, at the same time sending pulse sequences to expel the stagnant material from the gland. I really had a lot of confidence in the science behind the device and knew that I needed something to treat my patients more effectively. It was not something I debated extensively prior to investing in the LipiFlow system. Dr. Sines, what's your experience? When LipiFlow system first came out, I thought I would try to perform the same functions myself and see how much of the stasis I could remove. If you squeeze really hard, you can get some out, but there really is a big difference in regards to the comfort level of patients. I don't want my patients to remember me as the doctor that caused significant eyelid discomfort if I don't need to. We have several treatments meant to decrease inflammation, and we can do lid scrubs to deride the lid margin and remove the keratin. And if we do those, um, you'll see a small increase in oil expelled from the meibomian glands, but not a lot because usually it is compacted into the glands and solidified. This stasis has to be heated up and massaged out, and the LipiFlow system allows us to do this efficiently in 12 minutes. In my mind, LipiFlow system really is the foundational treatment for meibomian gland dysfunction. Like all things in medicine, there are adjunctive treatments, which can be complementary, and manual expression and other treatments available may be included there. But we feel that effectively clearing out the glands must be the foundational treatment. 
Between the thermal component applied to the inner lid and the deep expression across a broad surface area, LipiFlow system provides a comprehensive, efficient treatment for MGD. There are several additional treatment modalities that we also consider as the case merits. Our goal is to get the patient's tear film functioning as healthy as possible. Dr. Parkhurst, you're a well-known, well-respected cornea and refractive cataract surgeon. How does identification and the treatment of meibomian gland dysfunction fit into your treatment algorithm? Well, refractive surgery today has a much broader definition than it did even a few years ago. In addition to LASIK and PRK, by far the most common refractive procedure we do today is cataract surgery. If I'm going to be using a multifocal IOL or treating a patient for astigmatism, I need the tear film to be optimized so that the lenses work properly. If you're going to have optimal refractive results following any procedure, you need the tear film to be pristine. In our practice, this means treating MGD with lipoflow before surgery. I want the meibomian glands to be functioning well to keep the ocular surface healthy. Dr. Sines, I know you practice with Dr. Parkhurst. What, what are your thoughts? I couldn't agree more with Dr. Parkhurst. Studies by Bill Tratler, Priya Gupta, and others show that up to 77 to 96% of cataract patients have test results suggestive of dry eye. And we know that the vast majority of dry eye patients also have meibomian gland dysfunction. With cataract surgery, it is imperative that the ocular surface and tear film are healthy in order to get accurate biometry. With most anti-inflammatory treatments, I'm waiting four to six weeks to see results. And more importantly, I'm still not addressing the root of the problem for most people. Treating the meibomian glands directly with the lipoflow system allows me to increase their gland function to improve their ocular surface health before surgery. You know, we totally agree, and we actually have the same practice pattern and philosophy. However, unfortunately, there are still many eye care providers who are not diagnosing or treating meibomian gland disease. What do you feel are the barriers for these practitioners? Dr. DeVries. Well, there are barriers, and my analogy is like a dog that chases a car. It doesn't really know what to do with it once it catches it. I believe that many eye care providers don't look for dry eye disease because they are uncertain on how to treat it if they do find it. Why find a condition that really needs to be treated but doesn't fit into your clinic flow? It's easier to avoid it than modify your clinic flow to handle it. I have seen this for years and continue to see it every day with colleagues who refer patients to me. An optometric practice that does not perform medical procedures and does not have established relationships with insurance company has no way to bill for all of the exams and point-of-care testing surrounding dry eye. For these practices, the best thing they can do is find a practice like mine that co-manages dry eye and cataract surgery, or someone like Dr. Sines who works in a surgical center, treats dry eye, and then sends patient back to the referring optometrist. For those eye care providers that do perform other medical services, I promise that it's worth your time. Just start by putting a speed questionnaire in front of your patients or grab a cotton tip applicator and start pushing on the glands and see what you find. If you start taking care of your patient's ocular surface, you will build up patient loyalty and they'll be able to stay in their contact lenses longer. This is also something to consider as you take on partners. Maybe you need to look for a partner who wants to join who specializes in dry eye disease. I have had many residents move on to practices where they were hired specifically to be the dry eye specialist. If you're not ready to bring on another role in your practice, then take a look at your clinical team and see how you can distribute the workload. It's important that your whole staff, from receptionists to techs to surgeons, are aware of the importance of the meibomian glands. 
You know, that's a great holistic practice view. Dr. Parkhurst, what are your thoughts here? With the way the population demographics are changing, combined with lifestyle changes that demand we spend more time in front of screens, the treatment of dry eye disease will absolutely become essential for all eye care providers. If it is not something you're passionate about, add a doctor to your practice to be the dry eye specialist. I can actually understand why a particular doctor may not want to educate patients and treat it themselves, but there is enormous benefit to the patient and the practice to bring in someone who does love to do it. This is great, and I absolutely agree with everything that's being said. We know that dry eye disease is multifaceted and that inflammation is frequently a downstream effect of an ocular surface exposed to desiccating stress. We have a four-pillar approach to health and wellness as it relates to dry eye. Once we have the oils from the bimomium glands cleaned out and flowing, we would put the other pillars to use. After inflammation has been controlled, We may use a medical-grade omega complex to provide systemic support and punctal occlusion when appropriate. Beyond this, we may also use warm compress masks or eyelid exercises. How are all of you incorporating other treatments for your patients? Well, gland stasis and inflammation are comorbid. We don't know if the inflammation causes the glands to become occluded or if the occluded glands precede the deterioration of the components of the tear. Therefore, I always tell the patient in our very first encounter that we're going to have to do something with their lids because it is a chronic, progressive condition, and if we don't clean out the meibomian glands, they may continue to atrophy. Once you have cleaned the glands, I use manual lid debridement as follow-up. I totally agree. There are a variety of therapies that are part of our dry eye treatment formula. I believe you need a full toolbox to optimize the tear film as quickly as possible. But for those patients that have glands that have been blocked for years, they need to be evacuated before any other adjunct therapy is going to help that much. Ductal occlusion of the meibomian gland orifice leads to cystic dilation of the duct and diffuse atrophy, which is generally detected as gland dropout on mybography. MGD results in decreased tear film lipids, increased aqueous tear evaporation, and increased tear osmolarity, which then lead to ocular surface changes and tear film instability. Thus, it's essential to include the treatment of MGD with Lipiflow system in your overall dry eye management protocol. Well, this has been a fabulous discussion. I really hope that any listeners who aren't currently looking at their patient's meibomian glands will take Dr. DeVries' advice and just grab a cotton tip applicator and see what you find. This concludes our second installment in the series. Thank you to Dr. DeVries, Dr. Sines, and Dr. Parkhurst for all of their wonderful insights. In our third and final episode, we will be digging into the patient education and presenting treatments that are not covered by insurance. Be sure to tune into it. To learn more about Lipiflow, visit jnjvisionpro.com. And be sure to look out for the final episode in this series, where Drs. Waring, Parkhurst, Revive, and Signs discuss patient education. The opinions expressed by the doctors in this podcast are their own, and do not necessarily reflect the recommendations of Johnson & Johnson Vision. Indications and important safety information for Lipiflow Thermopulsation System. Prescription only. Indications. The Lipiflow Thermopulsation System is intended for the application of localized heat and pressure therapy in adult patients with chronic cystic conditions of the eyelids, including meibomian gland dysfunction, MGD, also known as evaporative dry eye or lipid deficiency dry eye. 
Contraindications. Do not use the LipaFlow system in patients with the following conditions. Use of the device in patients with these conditions may cause injury. Safety and effectiveness of the device have not been studied in patients with these conditions. Ocular surgery within prior three months, including intraocular, oculoplastic, corneal, or refractive surgery procedure. Ocular injury within prior three months. Ocular herpes of eye or eyelid within prior three months. Active ocular infection. Active ocular inflammation or history of chronic recurrent ocular inflammation within prior three months. Eyelid abnormalities that affect lid function. Ocular surface abnormality that may compromise corneal integrity. Precautions. The activator or activator 2 disposable may not fit all eyes, such as eyes with small pulpebral fornices. Use of the lipid flow system in patients with the following conditions may result in reduced treatment effectiveness because these conditions may cause ocular symptoms unrelated to cystic meibomian glands and require other medical management. Safety and effectiveness of the device have not been studied in patients with these conditions. Moderate to severe grade 2 to 4 allergic, vernal, or giant papillary conjunctivitis. Severe grade 3 or 4 eyelid inflammation. Patients with severe eyelid inflammation should be treated medically prior to device use. Systemic disease conditions that cause dry eye. Taking medications known to cause dryness. Aesthetic eyelid and eyelash procedures. In addition, the treatment procedure may loosen previously inserted punctal plugs, which may worsen the patient's dry eye symptoms. Adverse effects. Potential adverse effects that may occur as a result of the procedure include, but are not limited to, the onset or increase in eyelid, eye pain requiring discontinuation of treatment procedure, eyelid irritation or inflammation, ocular surface irritation or inflammation, ocular symptoms, burning, stinging, tearing, itching, discharge, redness, foreign body sensation, visual disturbance, sensitivity to light. Potential serious adverse events defined as permanent impairment or damage to a body structure or function or necessitates medical or surgical intervention to preclude permanent impairment or damage to a body structure or function that are not anticipated because of the device mitigations to prevent occurrence include thermal injury to the eyelid or eye, including conjunctiva, cornea, or lens, physical pressure-induced injury to the eyelid, and ocular surface corneal infection. Attention. Reference the LipaFlow Thermal Pulsation System instructions for use for a complete listing of indications, warnings, and precautions.